Back to another edition of Broomsticks and Butterbeer, episode 131. I'm Dan Rhino. Jessica Rhino. And we are going to be wrapping up yet another book today. We're going to talk about the final chapter of Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, that being chapter 38. Is it? This is the end. Of the book that would never end. I, I took this book the off. Last book. I took this book off the shelf the other day. Yeah. And in my library. And it's so thick that, like, the binding is not even, like, the structural integrity of the binding <laughs> has been compromised. Because it's just too many pages for the binding to hold. Maybe they should have gone with Bible pages. Maybe. Maybe. But... It would just be like a magazine. It's like younger readers, so that maybe they didn't want to. Hmm. Maybe they figured it needed to have the thicker pages. Well, today we're going to, going to be recapping chapter 37, talking about chapter 38, watching the movie, Yay! and then coming back and doing a little compare and contrast. Maybe we're going to make a Venn diagram. Ooh, that'd be fun. No, it would not. Why not? <laughs> no, Venn diagrams are the worst. Ah, they're not bad. No, they're just... a a useless tool that the education system I mean, you could accomplish puts upon the same us. thing with columns, but, you know. It's just so dumb. And then when they do the triple Venn diagram, where there's three circles, mm -hmm. so dumb. Just like, you're never going to use this in your life. Why do I, Why can't I just tell you what's the same and what's different? Why do I have to draw it? So, a, skill, a skill I'm never going to use in my life. Maybe some people need to visualize it. Some things in school are so dumb, man. I tell you, <laughs> some, some some things are just so dumb. Hey, I had to diagram sentences. Uh, chapter thirty-seven. Last time we talked about the lost prophecy. Dumbledore is back in control at Hogwarts. Umbridge is getting kicked out. Hagrid is coming back. The Death Eaters are arrested and being sent to Azkaban. And Sirius is dead. Hold on, I got something for that. <laughs> Sounds almost like a laugh there at the beginning, like ha ha ha. Oh, that's a laugh. <laughs> that was a long one. I got sound effects too. Oh. You, you got sound effects. I got sound effects too. How about that? How about this one? That's insulting. Yeah, it's funny though, right? It's Passing funny. gas is funny. Uh, Dumbledore finally lets Harry on on what's been going on. Dumbledore tells Harry about why Dumbledore has been distancing himself from Harry. Basically, Dumbledore didn't want Voldemort using this relationship against them. We find out that Creature, the racist house elf, has been working with the bad guys. Uh, Dumbledore drops a new big fact, explaining that Harry was 
explaining why Harry was forced to live with the Dursleys uh, for his own protection, since Mrs. Dursley shares a blood connection with Harry and his mother. The same spell that saved Harry's life as a child will apply to the Dursley household. That's why he's being forced to live in that horrible household. Uh, Dumbledore has lots of excuses for not telling Harry all of this information sooner. And we learn more about the prophecy that was broken a couple chapters ago. The prophecy came from Professor Trelawney. It was told to Dumbledore and that it may either apply to Harry or possibly Neville. And this drama will only end with either the death of Voldemort or the death of the boy in the prophecy. For the record, I've taken away three toys, and he just goes and he's gets being, another one. He's being an idiot. <laughs> Our dog's being an idiot right now. And I just took him for a walk, so he should be worn out. He's just being an idiot. So He's cute, though. Chapter 38. Let's talk about it. The Second War Begins. Not a lot of action in this chapter. More of a way to just kind of wrap things up and send us to book six. Yeah. Definitely just a wrap up. Uh, the Daily Prophet finally telling what's really going on in the wizarding world here. Uh, he who must not be named is back. The Dementors guarding Azkaban have abandoned their posts and seems uh, to have to be serving Voldemort. Several Death Eaters were guarding... Uh, I'm sorry, uh, several Death Eaters were apprehended inside the Ministry of Magic and Dumbledore's back in charge at Hogwarts. Now we know that the Ministry had been purposely feeding misinformation to the Daily Prophet, vilifying Dumbledore and Harry, denying that Voldemort was back. So why the change now? Did the Daily Prophet just publish this information because they were told to? Or did they really believe that the ministry, what the ministry has been saying this whole time? Why, why the change now? Well, I'm sure it's a mix because it's not just one person writing the whole newspaper yeah but you would think that like the editor-in-chief the person who oversees everything that goes out of that newspaper would probably be either under the thumb of the the ministry or buddies with the uh, cornelius fudge or something like that because they've been in instead of doing investigative journalism and going out and and they could have easily found it found out i think like, a good investigative journalist could have found out that Voldemort really was back. But it seems like they were just kind of going with the company line yeah. of what the ministry was feeding them. And now, so I think it's more of just, like, they got basically got the green light. Like, oh, Fudge is saying that he's back, so now we can say he's back. And, you know, that's what's going to sell newspapers. Yeah. I noticed... That Dumbledore had reclaimed many of his 148 wizarding Most titles. titles. Member of the International Confederation Wizards, Chief Warlock of the Wizen Gamut, Headmaster at Hogwarts. Didn't hear anything about the Order of Merlin Award, though. Maybe that takes a little longer. I was wondering if, that, like, when they took away, like, the, the Heisman Trophy, like, when, uh, it's like for the best college football player. But if it if they go back and find out that he had had taken money, like illegally from like boosters or something like that, they take his Heisman Trophy away. <laughs> so I wonder if it's like uh, the Order of Merlin's kind of like the Heisman. Maybe you have to steal it back like OJ did. 
Harry's crew are in the nursing ward at Hogwarts trying to heal up from their adventure at the ministry. I thought that was kind of interesting because usually it's Harry in the hospital. Yeah. They come visit him and he's stuck. Now they're there and stuck, and he's off on it. He's yeah, still the one, by himself. They're the ones on the injured list right now. But it's just kind of role reversal. Uh, they're not the only patients of prominence in the ward, are they? Who else is there? Dolores Umbridge. Hmm. Now, she last time we f- saw her, she was being drugged away by some centaurs. Yep. So how'd she uh, get out of that mess? Oh, Dumbledore just went in and got her. So we didn't hear much about like what actually happened there. Do you think Dumbledore went in and like sweet talked the centaurs? Do you think he had to use a little force there? I just can't imagine them with like with all the negative things that they've been saying lately that Dumbledore would just be able to stroll in there without a fight. Yeah, but maybe he used some logic and like this is this is not a fight you want. You don't, want this, be, you don't want this smoke. <laughs> you don't want this. You don't want to deal with the ministry and... I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. I would be curious to see how that that all went down. I mean, I know that... I know they're, the centaurs are very anti-wizarding wizards and witches right now, but I don't know. Maybe there there's just this aura around Dumbledore that they everybody knows that you kind of just don't mess with them Mm -hmm. and maybe you know they don't like the wizards but it's kind of going to come down to two sides here and which side are you going to end up on do you want to be with the Death Eaters and Voldemort or do you want to be with us so Umbridge is kind of in um, I don't want to say bad shape here because she's not doesn't have like doesn't seem to have like a bunch of broken bones or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But she seems like mentally scarred from her <laughs> excursion with the centaurs. Yeah, so one of the kids mentions Madame Pomfrey says she's just in shock. The other one says she's just sulking. Um, but she does seem quite a bit traumatized. Ron makes a little noise and... Yeah, like the coconuts from Monty yeah, Python and the Holy And she Day. freaks out a bit and then... And then kind of covers it up, because she's, oh no, I'm fine, I must have been dreaming, it's nothing, it's nothing. Yeah, she's, she seems very uh, frazzled. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know what, Can't, couldn't think of anybody who deserves it more. Yeah. She can just go in. Live alone somewhere and hide from noises, I'd be fine with it. There's a line in the in the in this chapter about Harry when he's with his friends in in the nursing wing of Hogwarts. It says whenever he was in company he wanted to get away and whenever he was alone he wanted company. Doesn't that just sound like the classic moody teenage <laughs> teenager? Never never satisfied, never happy with anything. I mean that could apply to probably 90% of the characters in this book. <laughs> yeah. Of, of that age. That's... And I know he's not... He's saying it because, you know, he's sad. He's depressed right now. He wants to be alone, but he doesn't want to be alone. Um, but they say that a lot about, like, the whole like, introverts. Like, I, I want to be wanted. I want you to want me to come, but I don't want to come. I want you <laughs> to want me. 
Uh, Malfoy, Crab, and Goyle get into an altercation with Harry in the hallway. Harry pulls his wand out right when Snape walks in, of course. And doesn't care at all. But Snape can't take any house points away because of how Umbridge has emptied the coffers of the Gryffindor hourglass. But as usual, uh, as usually happens at the end of these books, that's about to be rectified, isn't it? Of course. Always, always got last minute point bonus dump. points for Gryffindor. Mm-hmm. And uh, that is brought about by the return of Professor McGonagall. Yay! He's apparently out of St. Mungo's and ready to uh, reassert herself as one of the uh, top dogs at Hogwarts under the leadership of Dumbledore. So, Gryffindor gets a ton of bonus points. Ravenclaw gets some bonus points, too, because of Luna. Hagrid is back. Harry goes to visit Hagrid, who has apparently been hiding in out in the mountains. And Hagrid mentions that Grop is getting better acclimated to his life in the forest. Even to the point where Hagrid is going to find Grop a girlfriend. Hold yeah, on. that just seemed a little weird. Here. There we go. <laughs> How is this a good idea in any way? I, I don't know. I don't understand. It's <laughs> just not. I mean... Hagrid means well. I guess you don't want to be lonely, but you don't need another giant stomping no, around. No. No. <laughs> and it really wouldn't work out because it's Hagrid's half-brother, and so he's a little giant, and he was picked, the other giants were picking on him to begin with. That's why he left. So unless you can go find another half-giant... Yeah. It's, it's just, there are going to be problems. I'm looking for a giant. That is not so giant. Must be a half giant. Uh, Hagrid thinks he's being helpful by telling Harry that Sirius died in battle and that's the way he would have wanted to go. But Harry even lashes out at Hagrid. And it just kind of speaks to the state of mind that Harry's in right now. He should be very happy that Hagrid's back. And within two minutes of a conversation, Harry is lashing out at Hagrid, who Harry knows that Hagrid means no harm with what he says. But Harry's mind state is is in such a a state of disrepair right now that any little thing is setting him off, right? Yeah, I, there's. I mean, I kind I cringed at the comment. Yeah. And I could see where somebody would say that about Sirius, yeah, 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 but nobody wants to hear that, at least not right away, about when they lose a loved one. Hagrid's always kind of been like that. He's always meant, had the best of intentions, but he lacks tact Mm -hmm. in in his delivery. I feel like in society, there are just like these generic phrases we use. Mm. He's in a better place now. He's in a better place now. Mm. It's like... That, I mean, I guess that kind of helps, but it doesn't. No. Like, that's not, I want them to be here. Maybe the whole, like, oh, they're not in pain anymore, not suffering anymore, mm-hmm. if somebody was dealing with an illness or something uh, yeah, there's traumatic like that. Something, something to that. But if, for him to be young, alive, and healthy, and then just not here anymore, that doesn't really fit. Uh, Harry is not in the mood to go to the end of the year feast, so he just decides to pack his stuff up. And what does he come across when he's doing so? The mirror. I'm laughing because we talked about the mirror yeah, a little talk- bit yeah. already. Um, 
And yeah, you know, Harry. Tell, tell, say about this. Tell what this mirror is. Harry finds this package in the bottom of his trunk, and he has no idea what it is. And then he's like, "Oh yeah," not same here. I'm like, "What?" I mean, you mentioned it, but even when you mentioned it, I was like, "What mirror?" Oh yeah, the mirror. Like there had been enough time that I forgot all about it too. Um, but yeah, two way mirror. <laughs> Two-way mirror that he could use to talk to Sirius anytime. Whatever he wanted. wanted. Whatever he wanted. So that means we wouldn't have to uh, use the fireplace. We wouldn't have had the fireplaces needed to be monitored. We wouldn't have had to break into Umbridge's office multiple times. We wouldn't have had to trick Umbridge and lead her out into the forest and almost get killed by centaurs. We wouldn't have had to do any of that if Harry would just open the package. He thought that whatever was in there was going to get Sirius in trouble. I don't think he did. I think he just forgot about it. No, no, it hurt. <laughs> when he first, he said, uh, when he first got it, he said, I, I don't know what this is, but if it's going to make Sirius, he thought it would get him in trouble, draw him out, get him in trouble, get him more involved, because he kept saying that I'll come out and I'll help if things are getting bad. Mm -hmm. And he kept saying, no, that's not what we want you to do. We don't want you to get in trouble. We don't want you to get caught. Well, I had totally forgotten about the fact that Sirius had given Harry something when Harry left uh, the Sirius home. At the time, I assumed it was like, based on the shape of it that they described, it was going to be like a magical journal or something that they could like write back and forth, which would be useful. But no, magic mirror. If Harry had just opened this package months ago, this book wouldn't have needed to be 900 pages and life would have been so much easier. And Sirius would probably still be alive right now. Yeah. So all the people that Harry's been blaming, oh, I'm blaming Dumbledore because you kept him cooped up in that house, and I'm blaming uh, Snape because he, you know, goaded Sirius into uh, feeling useless and needing to leave. Put a little blame on yourself. If you had just opened the package he gave you. <laughs> well, he already had a little blame on himself, too, because he said if he hadn't... Uh, been so gullible and fallen for it mm -hmm. if he hadn't known the difference between a real vision and a, like a fake vision mm -hmm. kind of deal. So he still had some blame, but he was, you know, nobody, nobody wants to feel blame, so he's trying to find other places to put it. You want to look at who's responsible, Harry? Just look in the mirror. Ooh. Well, I got the phone for that. Self-applause. Uh, Harry gets an idea and pays a visit to nearly headless Nick. And the whole point of this visit is because Harry is thinking that maybe Sirius will return as like a Star Wars Force ghost. No, why not? And Harry will get to talk to Sirius again. Yeah, something he thought that he could talk to Sirius through the mirror even though Sirius was gone. Mm -hmm. But of course that didn't work. So then this got this idea in his head well oh well, i could talk to him if he's a ghost so he runs downstairs to find a ghost and he finds nearly headless nick and what was the what does nick tell him about how this whole either let the whole letting loose the mortal coil thing works <laughs> um well first of all he knew harry was gonna come like he's just like was just kind of waiting for it mm -hmm. well dreading it but also waiting for it 
Um, he said that only ghosts or only wizards be- can become ghosts. Harry's like, all right, that's fine. <laughs> Check. <laughs> Check. <laughs> that's perfectly cool. There we go. Check. Um, and then he said, but he said, but Sirius wouldn't be a ghost. He's a little vague about this, but he knows for sure that Sirius wouldn't be a ghost. I think mostly it's because Nick doesn't want to like shine a light on his own faults. But he said, you know, you, you ghosts were afraid of death, but ghosts didn't want to die, so they chose to stay here mm-hmm. and accept the like very diluted small percentage existence mm-hmm. versus it's just a small part of themselves and that Sirius wouldn't choose that Sirius wouldn't be afraid to mm-hmm. die and go on and be with his friends and whatever not the answer Harry was looking no, for pretty, pretty depressing actually <laughs> Uh, so we ride on the ride home on the Hogwarts Express. Easy for me to say. Apparently, some of Dumbledore's army has turned Malfoy, Crabbe, and Goyle into slugs and stuffed them in an o- overhead luggage compartment. <laughs> yeah, they tried to ambush Harry when he was coming back from the bathroom, or I don't know if they say in your book, my book. They said the toilet. That'd be a good time to do it. Like so the hallway, actually, like when they're himself. when they're in the toilet would probably be the best time. <laughs> Because you are, like, n- never more exposed than in, in those moments. But they waited. At least that was a good thing. And tried to attack Very him. sporting of them to wait till he's done. <laughs> in the in hallway. The toilet. But the DA saw him and they came out and just like apparently everyone that was in the little compartment shot jinxes at them. Mm-hmm. And it's just like a whole little modge podge of jinxes. And so how does that work? Because... You know, we've always heard that magic outside of Hogwarts is you're not allowed to do. No, you're not. Is that magic allowed on the Hogwarts Express? Because, I mean, we had Hermione fix Harry's glasses. We had Ron trying to turn his rat different colors. And now we're turning other kids into slugs and stuffing them in storage compartments. I, it doesn't make sense to me that it would be allowed, but... I, it's, it, it seems so. Is it kind of like the thing where you go on a field trip, and because it's a school field trip, even though you're not at school, the school rules still apply? Still apply. <laughs> yeah, so maybe school rules still apply. I mean, but you'd, if you were at school, you still can't go around jinxing all the other students. Yeah. But there's no st- teacher there to... I was thinking more of maybe it's allowed or at least not tracked on the train. Because ha, I see what you did there. <laughs> oh, I, I didn't. I, I it was you. unintentional. <laughs> they just didn't want to stop laughing. <laughs> no, it's it. really funny. The fans like we're we're um, in front of a live studio audience, by the way. <laughs> kind of like just, Cheers just was the filmed back in the 1980s. Uh, maybe they have to do like homework. Like if you're coming back to school and you're like, oh, I really need to finish figure this spell out. I really need to figure out how to turn my dog into a slug. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Maybe it's for homework purposes. Yeah, well, or maybe, maybe just because it's mobile. If you keep moving, maybe they can't track it. Home. 
And when I want to go home, I'm going mobile. Our book ends with several Order of the Phoenix members greeting Harry at the train station, but they're not just there to see Harry, are they? No, uh, they're there to basically threaten the Dursleys into better <laughs> treatment. I mean, they did like half starve him. Yeah. Lock him in a cage, put bars on his window and half starve him. So I, I think this is justified. But also, I'm, it's partly because, you know, they know Harry's really going through a rough time. And they know Harry needs to be at that house mm-hmm. because of the protection spell. But if the Order can do something to make Harry's existence a little bit more palatable, then that's there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. They're all probably feeling bad that they can't just be like, it's fine, Harry, come hang out mm-hmm. with us for the summer. Right. They can't do that, so this is what they can do. They can try. Put the fear of God in, specifically Mr. Dursley, mm-hmm. who says, do I look like the kind of person who... <laughs> of course. <laughs> Who can be threatened. Absolutely. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) I think so. Uh, And that's pretty much the end of our Mm -hmm. book here. It's a short little chapter. Yeah. Like you said, not a lot going on. Just had to wrap some of this stuff up. Uh Tie a bow on the the old, tie a yellow ribbon around the old oak tree. Had to get them back home, basically. You know, books always seem to start and end. Always completely at the Dursleys, but mm-hmm. with him going to and from the Dur- Dursleys. Yeah, the handoff to, to yeah. the Dursleys. Uh, you ready to watch a movie? I'm ready. All right. Uh, we're going to take about two and a half hours. <laughs> but for you guys, we'll be back in 30 seconds or so, so don't go anywhere. We can't go back in time, but we can keep going forward until people invent the backwards time machine. And then we can go home. Hang it! In the year 105-105, if man is still alive, if robot can survive, they may fall. In the year 25-25-25, the backwards time machine still won't have arrived. In all the world, there's only one technology, a rusty sword. Practicing proctology In a future year that ends with a 20 A schlubby merman's gonna try to get chubby He may look like a watery wind When in fact he's a bloodthirsty shrimp In the year one million and a half Humankind is enslaved by giraffe Man must pay for all his misdeeds when the treetops are stripped of their leaves, whoa! Ah! Oh! We're, what just happened? We're back. Oh, okay. I knew, I knew that was going to happen. Ah! What are you trying to do? Trying to play sound effects? No, no, I turned it off. Oh. I'll play one. How about that? Ching! <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Okay. Uh, let's talk about the movie. Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. Where does this rate on your uh, list of favorite Harry Potter movies? Okay, I don't know anymore. Mm. Like, kind of similar to all of them, all the ones we've done so far. Coming right off the book. Movie's kind of 
a letdown. Like it was a little cringy. I was like, Ew. sound like Kelly. Ew. Hmm. Um. But we got there. You know, things picked up. It got better, and still one of my favorite books. Pretty much the whole, just the whole ending, the Department of Mysteries thing, the. There's so much the cool Dumbledore's st- army stuff. There's so much cool stuff in the book that they kind of gets kind of gets truncated in the mm-hmm. movie, and, and like character stuff that gets lost. Uh-huh. Like we we just don't know anything really about Cho and Jenny and Neville and all, any of them from if you're just going off the movies. Yeah, honestly, I the most is Luna. You get a lot of Luna in the movies. Honestly, if if I had not read the book. I would probably have a hard time fi- following some of the stuff that was going on in the movie. But you watched the movie before you read the book, and, and I, you were and satisfied, I, were you not? I don't know, not not particularly. <laughs> I I don't know. There, I there's something about prose that it it, it digs so much deeper, and it's so much more gratifying. To to know every th- little thing that's going on, and in a movie, it's it's an easier medium to absorb. But when you compare it to the book, it usually comes up lacking. Yeah. I think time constraints—they just can't. Mm-hmm. And I think the and I always come back to this one, like with the Hunger Games. I thought that was almost perfect. Adaptation of the book, and that usually doesn't happen. Yeah, but it was an almost perfect adaptation of the book, almost exactly the way I saw it in my head. Not really any big, big stuff left out, or in this case, Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. A lot of things combined into one. I think the the screenwriters kind of figured that we could well we could take this scene, this scene, and this scene elements of all those and work them into one where this character meets this character in a different circumstance other than the book but it saves us money yeah. on scenery and costumes yeah, we and don't CGI. have to go do all that six chapters we can just have somebody mention the thing mm-hmm. in one line or not mention it or not mention it at all uh i took some notes yeah uh, first thing that notes. stuck out to me at the very beginning, the scene in the at the playground. Why is Harry just swinging on a swing at a playground? I don't know that. I think that's where the cringing started. I'm like, this looks so weird. And I I wrote bad green screen. Yeah, it, it was really bad green screen. Yeah, it looks like one of like the fan films I've made with our buddy <laughs> Joey. <laughs> yeah, that's where the cringing started. Just like this. This makes no sense. Now, I do, apparently, that year, the year that the story was supposed to take place, there was, like, this incredible heat wave drought going Mm -hmm. on. So, that is historically accurate for the time period, for that year in that area. And so, then they also incorporated it in the movie. And so, I was thinking about that. I was like, oh, yeah, here we go. Here's the infamous heat wave that everybody talks about was, really did happen in that year. But... Then I'm just immediately cringing when they show Dudley and his goons and the background looks yeah, it was, awful. It looked really bad. They almost look like they were glowing. Yeah, it <laughs> I was really like, bad. why are they glowing? Um, Mrs. Fig, after the attack in the underpass, 
whatever happens, don't leave the house. And we find out later in the book why the importance of Harry being in the house is because of the and protection. And he did run away the time before, so yes. I feel like this was <laughs> very... But we never find that out in the, in the movie, at least not in this movie. No. About the fact that, well, I'm sorry, we had to have you li- live with the Dursleys, but it was literally for your own good. Mm-hmm. Because of the protection that was transferred from the love of your mom to through the blood of her sister and however that works. And the deal and yeah. But we, we never get that in the movie. So the fact that when Mrs. Fig says that, that, you know, pops something in my head about the significance of the Dursley house as it relates to the protection of Harry. But it never comes up in the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're missing a lot of the summer of solitude that Harry had. The, yeah, the, we don't get any the, of that. The summer of solitude. You're just supposed <laughs> to pick that up off of him sw- sitting on a swing by himself. Yeah. Uh, clearly, he is lonely. sad and lonely because he's sitting on a swing so in a heat wave by himself. With jeans on. With Why jeans is he rocking on. jeans in I a, don't know. In a heat wave. Did you see what Petunia was wearing? <laughs> It was like a little swim dress yeah. in the house. Yeah, I was like, nice. wow, that's a little. I got something for that. <laughs> it it was. <laughs> it was a little it was a little short. Uh, Umbridge's rise to power at Hogwarts happens like in 10 seconds in this movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> She's just, I'm in charge now. It happens so quickly. Look at me. I'm the captain I'm the, now. She's the captain now, for sure. <laughs> uh thing that stuck out to me about Neville is that he is still picked on a lot in this movie. But by the time this movie rolls around, he's the biggest dude in school. <laughs> <laughs> like, he should just be wrecking fools who are, like, messing with him. Well, no, he's still... Because we talked about he still has his dad's wand, and he can't do anything. He can... Use those big ham hocks he's got yeah, for fists. Yeah, he is. He's like he's six eight in this <laughs> in this movie. And but he's also wearing the fat suit because he wasn't fat anymore. Uh, he's not. Re- I mean, was he wearing no, a fat there suit? There was a little. Be- yeah, there was some belly going on. Uh, okay. I mean, he looked. He looked bigger than both. Yeah, he's taller Malfoy's than everybody. Goons. Uh, the book we've got. Umbridge trying to drug Harry. With the Veritaserum, with mm-hmm. the tea. In the movie, apparently, she's trying to drug the whole school. She's drugging everybody. <laughs> well, I think first she questions them. And that doesn't really work for her. So then she starts using tea, the Veritaserum. Uh, the, the whole thing was seeing Mr. Weasley in his visions and saving Mr. Weasley and starting the Aquamancy lessons. Happens so quickly. And it yeah. all is grouped together. Yeah, he really only has two lessons, according to the movie. Yeah. <laughs> like one before Christmas and one after yeah. Christmas, and that's all you get. Uh-huh. But the fact, I mean, it's not... the, And I, I have it somewhere in the notes here. Oh, the, the visions and dreams that Harry has, which is such a big part of the book, and encompasses so many chapters. Mm-hmm. It's very repetitive. Very repetitive. We get a little bit, then we get a little bit more, then we get a little bit more. This is just like virtually non-existent 
in this mm-hmm. book. It's very streamlined to the point where you don't even... I think it takes away from the connection that Harry has to Voldemort because it's just not as persistent as it is in the book. Uh, the scene we see the uh, Azkaban breakout. Wait, go back to... Don't tell me what to do. But you're... But... I'm just going in the order of my notes. Like, because this was totally skipped. Okay. Do whatever you want then. <laughs> what do you want? What do you the want to whole, talk about? The whole Mr. Weasley and St. Mungo's. Yeah, it's 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 gone. Thirty seconds. You didn't know he didn't go there in the book. In the well, uh-huh. he might have gone Saint there, Mungo's but we never go there. Exist in this. The in movie this never goes there. Uh, McGonagall doesn't go there. No, nah, McGonagall's fine. Uh, Neville's parents aren't there that we know. We of. don't know anything about. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, speaking of Neville's parents, though. The scene where we see the Azkaban breakout, and then it cuts to the Daily Prophet with Bellatrix screaming on the cover, and Neville's the one that's reading it. I mm-hmm. thought that was really well done. Mm-hmm. But only the people who... Oh, okay. But so you find was... out right after that. He tell... ne- yeah. Neville tells and Harry right after that. And there was a scene before that, I think in the last book, where Harry's in, the... in Dumbledore's memories. Mm-hmm when they're doing that, that Bellatrix was on trial for the torture of... And so Harry knows. Yeah. And we kind of know that way. But we don't know the whole St. Mungo's way. Having it's, just read the book, though, I thought that was cool to see. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that's kind of like, like a... a cookie little, for us. Yeah, exactly. Cookie for you. Yeah. Would you like a cookie? Uh, what else we got here? Uh... Cho is the narc in the movie, but yeah. it was because of the Veritaserum. Veritaserum, and not the friend. It wasn't the friend that got the pustules all Which, over her yeah, face. Which, yeah, really rips off Hermione, because we don't get to know about her whole little plot mm-hmm. scheme, where if you sign the paper, then you're... And if you tell, then you get the pustules. Uh, in the book, I believe it's only Harry that gets tortured with the torture quill. Yeah. In... Uh, the movie it's all of dumbledore's army all of dumbledore's army and then later at once she once dumbledore's gone she tortures everybody with it the mm-hmm. little boy yeah. that fred uh, and george were trying friend, to comfort yeah. mm-hmm. so he got it too so then she just she just bulk ordered after dumbledore was gone it was the first thing first purchase she made with his credit card no quidditch rise to power for ron in this yeah no quidditch book. at all no quidditch at all no taking away of the brooms uh hagrid takes Harry, Ron, and Hermione to go see Grop out of nowhere. <laughs> and it was kind of creepy. Like, if you saw it, like, if you were watching the movie, they're all on that, that uh, stone bridge or whatever. And they're upset about something. And, and he yeah. just is like, psst. And <laughs> psst. <laughs> kind of peeks around the corner. Hey. Hey, you I kids. I show you something. <laughs> <laughs> and then they go see Grop. It, it's really... I understand that you got to cut some stuff. Yes. To to make a theatrical version of something, but some of the stuff, like just Hagrid just popping up out of nowhere just to advance the story, because <laughs> we got to get the Grop thing in there. It was. Hey guys, come with me real quick for this plot point. Just um, it'll be real quick. I promise. I, like you said, it was a little cringe. Uh, Fred and George make their grand ex- exit uh, from Hogwarts during the Owls. Testing, which yeah. is not what happens in the book. During the big exam, which is really 
where Harry has his vision. Mm-hmm. I mean, he does have the... He literally has his vision while he's sitting at his desk taking mm-hmm. his test. Instead, they push it to out in the courtyard yeah. with the grand goodbye to the Weasleys. And in the book, this grand exit for the Fred and George was a distraction for the crew to get into Umbridge's office to use uh, her fireplace. To talk to Sirius. Right. Not to just go there, which is what he does immediately after that. He's just like, I'm going to go to the mis- the Department of Mystery. They're like, let's saddle up some Thestrals. <laughs> he was just going to pop into the fireplace and go. Uh, they just stroll into Umbridge's office. Yeah. Just regular Alohomora. Yep. Uh, no, right in. No magic lock picking knife or anything like that. Uh, they just go with no distraction and they are immediately caught. <laughs> immediately. <laughs> They're in there for 10 seconds tops and are immediately caught. Uh, the book. In the book, they made multiple trips to Umbridge's office. Mm-hmm. Uh, no Ferens in the movie. Nope, not at all. Uh, taken over for... And he Charlie. already exists because Harry does talk to him already. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, you, he already exists to the movie watchers. But no, we just skip over all of that completely. Yeah, no Ferens. Uh, they get into the ministry to the uh, prophecy room in about 12 seconds. Oh, less than that. They 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 get to the ministry through the enormous ministry and down to, like to the basement. About six, down about sixty five rows in about twelve seconds. There's only one door. Easy peasy. Easy peasy. A serious talking about Neville's parents said that they suffered a fate worse than death. We don't know what that fate is. We don't know about the St. Mungo stuff. No. Uh, we don't know that they're, you know, basically kind of just basic, have just like basic functions now and, you know, need to be taken care of 24 hours We didn't hours get to see them. Right. We know the little teeny bit from Dumbledore's memory, but we, it's not like in the books where you actually get to go see them, see them interact with Neville. I just think that's such a a big scene for for Neville's character development. You totally understand Neville. And mm-hmm. his grandma's there, too, so you kind of get to see that dyna- dynamic, too. And it, it also expands the relationship he has with Harry, Ron, and Hermione, too. Mm-hmm. The uh, Lots of hints at Jenny's power. I love the hints at Jenny's power. And... I remember two specifically, but I thought there was another one that I didn't write down. There was uh, her Patronus in the Dumbledore's army training. Uh, there was the big. It's a horse, which yes. is you know not like a little teeny animal. It's not a little bunny. Yeah. Which I mean, it has partly to do with their character, their personality, but just the fact that she's making a huge Patronus. Yeah, she's able to. She's. A little bit more advanced than some of the students, despite being one of the younger ones. I don't know if advanced is the right word. Like, she, she's still learning how to do it, but mm-hmm. when she does get it, it's a big, powerful... Yeah, I think her... Yeah, her... Reducto I is think she's got too. a higher ceiling for her skill set mm-hmm. than some of the other students do. And then there was another uh, scene um, in the prophecy room where they're fleeing for the Death Eaters that 
the one in training too, where she took out the dummy. And yes, like, that was oh, the great. other one. We can't train that anymore, was the Jenny. Other one. I didn't write yes. it down because I was too busy making a joke. <laughs> hey, everybody's like doing expelliarmus, like disarming the dummy, and and, and Jenny just stupefy. disintegrates. Yeah, it. and she just disintegrates. <laughs> and everybody kind of looks at her like, whoa. And it's like, I don't want to mess whenever with her. she does something, like the whole, like her hair blows back, everything gets dark, and yeah. there's this big light. It's very dramatic when she does a spell. I liked when the order shows up while the, the kids are fleeing the Death Eaters in the ministry. And I don't remember this happening in the book, but Sirius appears and, like, decks Lucius. Yeah. And I thought that that was a more personal touch than using magic mm-hmm. to disarm somebody or to take or to stun somebody. The fact that you, that, that Sirius showed up and got physical with him. You know, like muggle, beat down physical. Yeah, I liked it, but that then it's inconsistent because I've kind of made it a trend that like the Muggleborns and like Harry because he's he's not Muggleborn but he is was raised by Muggles. Like their first instinct is to put up their fists, mm-hmm. and the wizards that doesn't even like occur to them to physically fight Mm -hmm. so there were just several instances in previous books where there was this distinction even Hermione when she punches Draco she you know she's Mm muggle-born so she had that instinct and Harry too I think there was a time when Harry like put up his fists to swing and I was like oh yeah I have my wand I could have done that duh so then this seemed odd because Sirius is a pureblood family and would have been taught from birth mm-hmm. to fight with magic and not, but maybe he picked it up from roughhousing with James. Mm-hmm. Boys will be boys. I don't know. James and Lupin, whatever. The uh, Dumbledore Voldemort battle with Harry there observing really reminded me of the Obi-Wan Vader battle in the first Star Wars where Vader swings and uh, basically kills Obi-Wan and then just the cloak drops there um, and it didn't have the same outcome but I kind of got those uh, there's always I've... been that com- comparison between Star Wars and Harry Potter and I think that that really kind of gave me it, it even like you know they're using the you know magic against each other with the different colors coming from from either wizard it just kind of gave me that vibe okay so yeah that I guess it's this the spell because different spells have different colors. Mm-hmm. But when they first started, when Dumbledore first went in there, Dumbledore's wand color was red and Voldemort's was blue. And I'm like, that just that's kind of backwards because mm-hmm. I feel like usually, and of course I went straight to Star Wars. Well, we can't be a, a direct ripoff of Star Wars. We're gonna <laughs> but the, mix colors the colors changed up. as yeah. they fought because then. Voldemort pulled out a fire snake dragon thing mm-hmm. and then he was red and then Dumbledore used water and he was blue and it went back and forth. I, I also thought it was interesting the the way Dumbledore and Voldemort reacted to each other when they showed up. In the book I always saw Dumbledore as, and even the chapter was called The Only One He Ever Feared. In, in the movie... I saw more fear in Dumbledore. 
Yeah, a little more. Dumbledore's like at, at moments in there seemed very unsure of himself and being able to take down Voldemort, and I thought that was very different from the books. It's probably just a director's choice to try and create more drama. But yeah, but definitely Voldemort had the the cocky swagger. Uh huh. Very much and so. Dumbledore was more like, ugh, this isn't going to go well. Mm -hmm. uh, the scene where Voldemort's trying to take over Harry, and Harry's in such pain in the book, he said he just wanted to die. Mm -hmm. I thought that was when he was just, like, gripping at the sand, just to try to, like, have something to, like, you know, like, grit his Clench teeth through it. it. Yeah. I thought that was a really good scene. Uh, very well acted. Very, lots of tension in the neck. A lot of, lot of neck tension. Lots of Show neck me that tension. neck tension. Uh, no statues were harmed in the making of this movie. What a shame. Unlike the... They, they didn't want to do any more CGI. <laughs> uh, I got a couple more notes here. No magic mirror in the movie. None. Just a photo that Sirius gives to Harry. Yeah. Maybe they kind of figured out that, yeah, we could have... that. That was kind it was of a like little a, too much to put on Harry. Yeah, and it was kind of a uh, not I want to say a plot hole, but like like we said earlier in this show, if Harry discovers the mirror, it totally changes the story. The story, mm -hmm. and so maybe just kind of getting rid of that, I was okay with. And uh, except no, for we need it later. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> well, you tell me that I don't have any idea what you're talking about. Uh, no, nearly headless Nick scene. No, no, knew, no ghosts at all. Like I, they, they, no peeves. No, they just they didn't want to do the CGI. You, they were working under a tight budget. You saw that green screen. <laughs> yeah, it was rough. <laughs> they were obviously working on a tight budget. But we, I told you while we were watching the movie that I'm really looking forward to whenever this series is going to come out on uh, HBO Max. Might be, might, might not be another. Ten years though, and yeah. I haven't haven't heard any new, any news or any kind of movement on that. But it'll but be if nice if a to, series is made. It'll be if and when. Uh -huh. It'll be nice to be able to kind of Take see some time. of these things that that got cut in uh, comparing the book to the movie. Yeah. Well, we're done with Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. We are moving on to Harry Potter and the Half Blood Prince, what? book six. Anything else you want to add before we end this uh, particular journey, this particular portion of the journey? Not really. I know we just kind of just kind of ripped apart the movie in the last 10, 15 minutes. Yeah, Kelly would be very proud of us. <laughs> but I did, like I said, I did enjoy it once it got going. They, they did hit moments. It was almost like a highlight reel, but they hit some of the moments that people liked from the books and one of the thing my favorite things about this book is that the side characters get to really it, it goes from just harry ron and hermione to being like a little crew and you get these extra characters and that's one of my favorite things about this book and they did give us some of that we didn't do any of the neville's wand thing though mm -hmm. so just all of a sudden neville's gonna be better thanks to harry i guess in the cinematic Storyline, which, which takes away from Neville's character depth, I think. Yeah, like if you knew about the the wand, it makes just so much more sense. Yeah, you're basically just making him out to kind of be a doofus. Mm -hmm. 
you know. Oh, the prophecy was all chopped up, too. Now, I know they might have been trying to make it sound like the other kids didn't hear it, so we didn't hear it all. Mm -hmm. They totally skipped the part that it was a boy born at the end of July Mm -hmm. and that there could be two. We skip all of that. So, really, yeah, we're just going to downplay Neville even more, make him pointless. I, yeah. You love Neville, and that, that hurts your feelings. It does hurt my feelings. But I was happy that Jenny got her moment, because I like Jenny's moments. I like Luna's moments. How odd was it that the moment with Luna that we read in this very last chapter was pretty much the first moment with Luna in mm-hmm. the movie? Yeah. The whole telling him about her her mom and how she was a, you know, a clever witch, but she liked to experiment, and then she died. Like that, that was all word for word from the last chapter of the book. In the first ten minutes of the movie, I thought that was very strange. I was also okay with them cutting the the Valentine's Day thing with Cho. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay with that. Oh. Some, th- some things are okay. Can we, be on the we cutting really floor. went through that relationship fast. Yeah, they went from looking at each other across the room to kissing to I am never speaking to you again, mm-hmm. like right away. It's like you said. I can't think of any other word than truncated. Everything is just very tightly condensed. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe that's why Kelly's just not a fan of the movies. Maybe that's just why books are awesome. There you go. Maybe that's just why books are awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, that's going to do it for us for this book, Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. Uh, go ahead and uh, follow us on X Ugh. at Broomsticks B. Follow us on uh, Instagram at Broomsticks B Podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're also on Facebook. Just search, search for Broomsticks and Butterbeer, and you can connect with us on any of those platforms, and we'll give you a shout out here on the air, answer your question, or read your comment. You can also email us broomsticks.butterbeer at gmail.com. We're done. Anything else? No. Last chance. No. We're done. All right. So. Close the book. Literally and figuratively. To our inner circle of Jennifer, Catherine, Luke, Amelia, Jane, Ronnie, Anastasia, Kelly, and Olivia. Thank you for downloading, listening, and subscribing to everybody. Uh, Hanukkah just ended uh, two days ago as we're recording this. So happy belated Hanukkah to our uh, friends out there. In, uh, of the Jewish persuasion. There you go. <laughs> it's like, how do I say this and not sound like an idiot? <laughs> Mission not accomplished. <laughs> to, to those who celebrate it. To those who celebrate. Uh, Christmas is coming up. Merry Christmas. Next week, yeah. Kwanzaa, the day starts the day after Christmas. Yeah. yeah. Uh, ha- happiest, merriest, um, joyous holiday whatever you celebrate yes and if you don't celebrate anything yeah happiness to you too yeah and may the odds be ever in your favor there you go until next time folks this has been this is the worst ending we've ever had (laughs) to a show i have no idea what i'm talking about i'm hungry i got my covid shot today so i know i'm gonna feel like just absolute garbage tomorrow not looking forward oh, to that. No, later tonight. Like it's gonna start tonight. I've got a sore on the tip of my tongue. So if you notice, if you notice a lot of this, 
in the recording. And you split your lip open today. this morning. I somehow split my lip open this morning. I was gushing blood. What's so going I have on? no idea how it happened. <sighs> but we, we love you guys. We appreciate it. Uh, send us some emails. Leave us some uh, reviews. Uh, connect with us. Connect with us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We enjoy the connection. The yeah. personal connection. Send us a message. Say hi. Just say hi. This is the worst ending we've ever had to a show. I don't. It's because we're hungry. Our blood sugar is wrap, low. I'm trying to wrap it up, the but sugars. I can't do it. All right. Be a wizard, be a witch, be a muggle, be a squib, but don't be a jerk. Or get. We'll see you on book six. Bye. Bye.